All right, like every employee at Starbucks now has like blue hair. And whatever stereotype and assumption you make about Starbucks based off their views and stuff about things, I felt it. It's the first time I went to Starbucks in maybe like over a year, to be honest. I'm like, you know what? Let me switch it up. Today's my off day. I'm going to indulge. I'm like, I'm going to go back to my roots as a youngin. And the first, my first introduction to anything coffee that my mom would only get for me once in a while, even though they were not big proponents of giving cake, you know, caffeine and stuff. Um, I would always get the Java chip, and I'm like, you know what? That's what we're going to do today. We're going to pay $6.13 for a Java chip. Um, <laughs> so I got it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have a whole... I- I'll tell you what I do appreciate about Starbucks. They set a nice, dimly lit, uh, as the ladies say, ambiance. It's, it's the ambiance. It's the aesthetic. It's like... It's just because they don't want to pay for heavy on the light bill. All right, they're actually just trying to save money. It's not because they give a fuck about your, uh, your mindset when you're working on your charts for your, you know, sociology class. It's not because you know why you're. It's not to be considerate of your filters when you take a Snapchat or IG pic of just putting in the work today when the only work you've been putting in is a. Uh, on me in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> good thing they actually... That's that's one of the benefits of not having gender-specific bathrooms. It's like, hey, two people walk in. You know? Just uh, killing two birds with one stone. And, uh, boy, she was tweeting on this bird. <laughs> Tweedily. Um, <laughs> um, just kidding. That part didn't happen. But the rest of this did. So I'm sitting there. And I get my drink. Overpay. It's like, cool. Whatever. I made this choice today. I sit down at the table. And then my problems begin. Why the fuck are the tables so goddamn low? I'm sitting there. Look, I'm a six foot one-ish male. I don't know my technical height. I don't go to the doctor enough. Probably should. Um, Eat a lot of sausage. Um, Probably high cholesterol. And blood pressure. And my blood was boiling because I'm sitting there uncomfortable as fuck in this hard ass s- small little stool. It, it's the equivalent. Like I've said of my sisters when she was nine years old, she had a little like table setting. Some they, some of you make have an easy bake oven and serve and pretend like, oh my God. And I'm sitting here at a grown place. I just paid six bucks. For 23 ounces, probably, fluid ounces, whatever the fuck that is, different than regular ounces. Like, what's the difference between fluid ounces and ounces? Well, I guess ounces is weight, fluid is literally liquids in it. But ounces can still be formed from liquid. You can weigh liquid. It doesn't have to be fluid. But let me tell you, my anger, it was fluid. Because I'm sitting there uncomfortable as fuck, crouched over. I know my back posture looked like I was a hunchback in Notre Dame without the education. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm saying I can't even like work on my shit because I'm so uncomfortable. Like, I don't know if this was so, like all the and I looked like all the tables were the same level. So this wasn't just I sat in a place that. I just got, you know, whatever. I picked the wrong spot to sit in. Because I would have easily moved to a place at a higher or at least a normal sitting. But all the tables were the same. All the fucking tables were the same. And I saw it. And there was nothing I could do. 
I couldn't decline the chair. It was a wooden chair. And I guess kind of like the hair, uh, let's just say my heart and my anger, blue was not the warmest color that day. Because uh, I felt like a cold heart bitch. Um, But yeah, I'm here to say it. Uh, Fuck Starbucks. Like, who do, who do you think is sitting? Like, you think nine-year-olds are just going there having fucking group meetings? They pay seven bucks for your egg omelet souffle, whatever the fuck you put on your menu. Which is weird how they had on the menu, they had a big whole section with six fucking whole items, by the way. But they separated like, oh my god, these items are next level. And they were like $5, $6 for the shit that no one actually fucking makes. It's pre-made and they just throw it in the oven. It's no different than if you go to the freezer section and get a Jimmy Dean fucking eight pack of sausage, egg, and cheese croissants and just throw them in the fucking oven. That's the equivalent of the bullshit they have there. And they have the fucking audacity. to have short fucking tables for normal sized human beings. And I know what they're going to say. Because you know this type of rhetoric there. Oh look at this cis white male comparing, complaining about unideal. Oh because he had to slouch over. Oh the one time a white man had to do something that was uh, inconvenient. It's like, no, the paying $6.13 is inconvenience enough, by the way. And by the way, since you want to be a fucking, like, cunt about it, oh, it's like, you know what? Next time, blend your fraps better. Shit, that shit, I like, I tasted more ice. And I, and I had no baby with me. There was no ice ice baby. Um, maybe if I had a baby, it would make sense why the fucking table was low. At least I could have had a booster seat. Um, <laughs> uh, and a shot. Um, the tables. Like, I just want to sit there and work on my writing shit. And I couldn't even focus a write because I'm sitting there readjusting my buttocks, my making sure my posture is decent so I don't have a sore neck after. And after 45 minutes, I just got my shit and left. That's it. Because, you know, I was like, you know what? I couldn't even focus. It fucked up the start of my day. I was like, you know what? This is my day off in gym. This is my day off in general. I'm going to do absolutely nothing of physical nature and just do some relaxing shit. And then they're having in there, you know what? They're playing Katie fucking Perry. And I'm not talking about the fucking uh, fireworks. I'm talking about I kissed a girl. It's like, well, you know, I felt like many of the guys there haven't kissed a girl. But hey, not, not judging. Just what I saw, um, but I felt like a lot of the girls have, <laughs> it's a lot of kissing girls, but, you know, just, just from others, now there's anything wrong with that, definitely not complaining, uh, but yeah, more of that is, um, when they talk about, you know, raise your standards, you know what, raise the level, r- raise the level of your fucking table so I can work properly, all right, and welcome to episode 163 of the Off and Be podcast. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. And I'm Clint Nelson, your host. Don't forget to like, follow, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. But most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Uh, recording this at 6.22 p.m. Eastern on August 11th. 
2022. So yeah, um, a lot going on. I mean, not for me personally, you know. I'm a happy guy, you know. I don't, I don't know what's like like when people say someone has a resting bitch face. I think for guys, it's not really a. Uh... Oh Jesus, who texts me? Not that important. Well, it is important. Yeah, she's an important gal. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm. Uh, this whole like resting bitch face thing. Like I'm a guy, right? I um. I understand I'm not the most approachable of people, and I'm a nice guy. I'm actually a very funny guy to be along to be around. I'm actually a nice guy. Um. But I think when people say you're not approachable, wouldn't that by default mean that you're lacking the ability to approach people? Because part of approaching people is the fun of it. I think I'm just keeping you on your toes. I think I'm being, you know, keep it interesting. If you know you can approach someone, what's the fun in that? Like, if, we, if all of us dudes just walked around with a dick out, what's the fun in getting to know me and doing all that shit and then taking the chance of whether it's worthwhile or not? Because then now you're in a dilemma. Now you're in a dilemma of, man, I really like this guy, but I just don't know if it's going to work. And sometimes you really don't like a guy, but his shit works. Um, <laughs> it's a weird thing. Like, what's the fun of it? If you can just tell, if you just fast forward to the end result, that's going to make your conclusion of whether this is going to work or not. So when people say you're not approachable, here's what I want y'all to do. I want you to say like, well, if you think I'm not approachable, I wouldn't want someone like you approach me because I need a person with the utmost confidence and I feel like that word confidence is way overused. I think sometimes people confuse confidence with um, with a sense of self-worth, I guess, if that makes sense. I think sometimes people confuse someone actually the having the confidence to do something with someone who actually is just kind of doesn't give a fuck. And is not giving a fuck actually having confidence or is it actually a result of lack of confidence? Because since you don't give a fuck, you don't care what the result is. Confidence, you do care what the result is. You're just kind of able to move past it and take it for what it is and process it in a more appropriate way and not let it kill your confidence, right? But when people just say they don't give a fuck, like that kind of by default says you're very non-confident when you really break it down oh i don't give a fuck what this person says like oh so you just kind of want to live in your echo chamber you just kind of want to only live in this whole only want positive people only want positive things and all this stuff when in reality you just can't handle any slight of maybe rejection you can't handle any side of maybe discontentment from people. It's the type of, it, it, to me, it's like when someone says, I don't, I, I don't want to be with someone and argue. 
me and my partner, we never argue. And I just look at you like, wow, you really avoid a lot of shit. Because think about it like this, with the people that you get along with, the people that you are the most related to the most. This is, this is a crazy part about when people talk about dating in a general sense. is It's crazy to me how people expect to meet a stranger, go out for a few months, maybe get to know each other, you know. You can know someone for years and not really know shit. But you you think that you meet someone on this unconditional love spectrum or whatever. Someone who you have no DNA attachment to. Well, hopefully. Um, <laughs> well, I guess we all technically do. If you want to get like, oh, you are actually the, her 838th cousin. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's far enough away. You know, it's like, hey, you know, love is love. Um, if we have a kid with Asperger's, you know, these days, it's going to be a billionaire. Um, <laughs> that'd be a weird thing to shoot. Like, I, that'd be kind of a, I know this is going to sound fucked up to say, because I know there's a lot of stress. I know it's really hard raising a to say it's hard enough raising a kid, raising a kid with a disability or even like, you know, whether it's physical or it's type of like behavioral disability. I know it's nothing to joke about. But I think these days when you see the success stories and you notice how a lot of these crazy rich billionaires, these crazy inventors, these crazy CEOs of great of the greatest things we have, they, they have all these social quirks. They have like they're they're socially they could be socially net or they have Asperger's or they have some type of down like a milder form of Down syndrome or they're on the quote unquote spectrum. Which kind of ironically makes them stand out into their benefit if used correctly. And that's the thing. If not channeled correctly, obviously, you have, you have a few problems of just kind of surviving in this world per se. Um, but that'd be kind of weird if, you know, because now there's like this, not necessarily like freezing your eggs, but you can literally artificially disseminate and pick a partner with specific things, so it would be kind of hard if it would be kind of weird if you of if someone who has normal doesn't have any history of anything in their lineage or immediate family of having this type of disability, and they purposely were to inseminate themselves or to artificially enhance themselves to where they have a kid who were to have that, because it's like, oh, you just brought a kid in this world starting from behind just because you wanted to prove a point it's like but you're not even the one that's to live with the condition it's the kid um but it's like i raise a strong one it's like <laughs> this is going to be the definition of a boomer bus project you are hoping this kid is Giannis, because when Giannis was driver like dude we don't know what this guy can do or what he can't do we don't he, he looks like a dude that's like five years away from even making the team and then next thing you know, he's a fucking like two-time MVP, NBA champion, one of the greatest players of this decade, and just some that's like unquantifiable, unquantifiable traits that make him the special player in person he is. And it's kind of like the if someone were to boom or bust, like I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna disseminate a kid with Aspergers into me or. Down syndrome or whatever, and I'm gonna, you know, 
we're we're gonna ride this one out. And I think and I think honestly it would be the definition of like a selfish parent or a selfish person who would just want to prove that I w- I did more. Excuse when I say this, I did more with less. But when I say less, of course I mean just in terms of you're fighting behind the eight ball. It's called a disability for a reason. It's called a medical. It's called a behavior rule. There's a reason why this treatment. So because typically, ninety nine percent people with those behavioral issues, they can't function in normal society. Forget thriving, just function. It's a very individual, isolated incident. It's like when someone says, "Oh, this person dropped out of high school and they became a billionaire, millionaire, or successful." It's like, okay, that's the outlier. Do the numbers of all the other ones that did. And then you tell me it's a numbers game, all right? Um, but yeah, but now as I was saying, rest in bitch face. Um, this whole like approachable thing, and I believe I'm on the spectrum in some capacity. I don't know what that looks like. I'm not saying anything like that. I do believe my personality, it makes sense based off how I operate, how I communicate. That I wouldn't be surprised if like some psychologist is like, yeah, Clint, you're a psychopath. <laughs> it's like, eh, you know, works in my favor. And top 200 comedy podcasts in the world. Just saying. Um, <laughs> uh, numbers don't lie, baby. And uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. But um, yeah. It's like, would you want is being. If someone if someone's excuse for not approaching someone who they view unapproachable is that the definition of someone that lacks confidence? Because what are you really afraid of? Are you really afraid that if you approach me, I'm gonna look you in the eyes and tell you, "Bitch, you thought." <laughs> it's like, who the fuck are what the fuck do you think you're doing? You know what's gonna happen ninety nine percent of the time when you approach someone that you think is unapproachable. They're going to be polite. Unless you just come at them crazy. But let's just say like, hey, what's your name? Most people are going to be like, uh, my name's Clint. Can I help you? They're going to be like, my name's Clint. What's your name? That's simply how it's going to go. I'm a nice guy. I'm a really nice guy. Almost too nice. Uh, I want to say too nice, you know. Don't want to get the wrong idea out there. Don't take advantage of me. Um, <laughs> it's a Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Um, today's, by the way, today's drink sponsor. Water. Because, you know, I drank the fucking coffee like four fucking hours ago. I haven't, like, I kind of enjoy doing the pods in the middle of the day. I feel like my mind's a little bit better. But I typically like doing it when I didn't eat beforehand. And I did. So I'm a little, eh. But, you know, we're going to make it happen, baby. Um, <laughs> By the way, I see the YouTube. Nothing crazy. Slight increase in the analytics. Nothing crazy. And by slight increase, it's technically a big increase for my channel. But it's still not, you know. Not on the go, you know, tell the homegirls about. Nah, not on the go, tell the homegirls, like, oh my god, you didn't, this man I just met, he is blowing up. He is, hmm, he is something. Um, they're gonna look it up and be like, wow, yeah, he's, he's something, all right, he's delusional. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I'm a guy with rhythm, 
Yeah. Like, well, what, you think when you approach me, like, if some person approaches me, I'm just going to sit. Like, you know what's more like, I'm probably actually going to, if I could tell it's hard for someone to approach me, for example, and I'm only using myself as an example because I literally have been told that I can come off as unapproachable, which is wild to me. I really, it's one of those things that I've been told enough and I still don't understand why. I, it's one of those things I don't understand why. Like, I don't, I'm not a mean person. I'm not mean to people. At least, you know, not the people I don't care about. I'm only mean to the ones I love. <laughs> Ain't that some toxic shit. I'm only mean to you because I truly love you. And it's like, yeah. That's a little bit weird of excuse. It's like, son, I'm only beating the fuck out of you because I'm preparing you for the world. It's like, can't you just like, you know, put me in timeout? <laughs> Can't you just take my PlayStation away? Can't you just, like, you know, make me go outside for a five-mile run and kill my heart? You don't have to legitimately, you know, beat me with your bed frame. Um, (laughs) It's like, sorry, son. Got a concussion from my semi-professional wrestling match today. Um, Anyways, oh, Jesus, that took a turn. Um, Off the top rope. Um... (laughs) There's, yeah, like, chances are when, if someone deem, if you're afraid to approach someone and you think they're unapproachable, you know what they're probably going to do? Because they probably don't get approached that often. It's like the theory of the hot girl. Everyone assumes that the really hot girl just gets approached and talked to all the time. But because a lot of people think that, you know what they end up? She ends up not getting approached all that much. So, if you think someone's unapproachable, approach them. Because chances are, it's probably something they're not used to. Because hot people... Ah, here we go, Clint. Hot people... <laughs> see, I'll, I found a way to make this. I found a way to make this self-serving. Hot people are intimidating, all right? And, you know, as, as a case study myself. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a weird thing because now it's like if you don't get approached, you're either really hot or really not. It's like, so then who does get approached? It's a uh, no one because no one actually gets approached these days. That's kind of the moral of the story. Everyone's afraid to approach someone and no one ends up meeting no one. Um. But no, it's, um, all, you know what typically happens when someone's unapproved, what happens when someone approaches them and they probably are thrown back because they will typically try to make you feel comfortable and kind of shine a light on themselves and like, yeah, you know, make a joke about themselves or kind of put them down the ladder a little bit and make fun of themselves to make you more comfortable. Make them feel like human because when someone's unapproachable, it's because you feel like they're a little bit more, I don't like to use the word superhuman, but they are probably a little bit more, um, what's the term I'm looking for? They're probably a little bit more, Jesus, I don't even know what the fuck. Jesus, I'm drawing fucking blanks and, and you know. It's on our forehead. Um, <laughs> it's like, sorry, it's been a couple months. Um, <laughs> gotta love that excuse. Works every time. 
um, insane in the membrane. Oh, she is. Um, but no, no, yeah, yeah. As I was saying, they're probably when, when someone didn't get approached much, and then they do. A lot of reason why people think someone's not approachable is because they probably think like that person thinks they're they're too good for themselves in a weird way. Like they're kind of not too good for everyone else, but they're um they're more than comfortable not needing an interaction. So people just assume people that aren't social and don't talk a lot, they just assume that that's their preferred method. In some ways, like, yeah, people are okay with it, but they're not going to not want to talk to people. I think that's something we just, we just want to make like people are either social butterflies. They're just social. They want to, they're okay talking 24 seven. And some people are sometimes people like someone could be social. And so like, I just want a couple hours to myself. No one else, no interruptions. There's some people who like, yeah, 20 hours in a day. I'm more than fine just doing stuff by myself, not saying a word. And then for like an hour, an hour and a half, I could go on a date or I could go hang out with someone or go do whatever. And that, and I enjoy that. Like, it's good to have, like, even if you do lean more towards in one direction, you still need to have the other aspect in your life. And being unapproachable, it'll kill it for you. So, what do you do to become more approachable, huh? That's a problem. When you're, What do you do to become more approachable if someone deems that you're intimidating to approach? It's like, what, because I'm a slightly above strong man, you think if you approach me and I won't, don't want you, you think if you approach me and let's say even by chance, I don't want you in my presence and I just want you to fucking get out of my sight, you really think I'm just going to like choke you to death? Like you really think I'm going to be like Tom and Jerry and just like shake you like, bitch, what the fuck were you thinking? It's like... No, like I'll probably just politely get my way out and be like, I gotta use the restroom. Um, but wait, I thought you said you don't use public restrooms. It's like, well, you know, anything's better than sending this shit. Um, <laughs> gotta watch out for the STDs, by the way. Um, you can't get them. It's a real thing. Supposedly, not speaking from experience. Just, uh, I know. It seems, it seems like women are more at risk to catch that shit which is weird because you think guys would be more at risk being the fact that we have some that typically is you know hanging a little bit below and that's a weird thing when you're shitting right when you're shitting i've always like you gotta be careful when you're tucking the dick down because what if it's like a lower seat in your dicks tip of your dick uh kind of you know that was his best ice cream cone impression. If you know what I'm saying, like, yeah, well, what's that ice cream? It's like banana monkey where it's like a banana form of ice cream and then you dip it in the chocolate and it just dips it in. What if that happens? What if well, you got worried because if you shit, then a little splash on the dick, like, ugh, that's nasty. You know, hold, I well, you know, the water flushes. Like, yeah, the water flushes, but they reuse the water. Okay. Um, so 
the 25 people that have shit in there, you're probably getting particles from 25 different people. Which means STDs are coming your way. Chlamydia, gonorrhea. I don't know why my voice is cracking. Uh, but bumps are going to be cracking in your crack. I can tell you that. Oh, the crack that smiles back. Your ass. <laughs> uh, the little goldfish just swimming in the toilet water. Snack that smiles back. Um, <laughs> I mean, nasty as fuck. Someone put goldfish in the toilet seat. Or in the toilet, I should say. While you're sitting on the toilet. Um, yeah, but... um. I don't know, being, what do you, the moral, I think the moral of all this stuff is we really overthink everything. Like, just approach me, just go up to someone. If you, if you find someone, not even attract, just someone that you see all the time, and you have like a couple minutes before your shift starts, and you just sit there, let's go up to someone and just start something, start a conversation, be nice and smile. I think that's the biggest thing. When someone looks unapproachable, if you go up to them and you just smile while you're talking, I think they'll reciprocate that and they'll be like, whoa, they're automatically going to smile even if they're not a smiler because I do anything to make you smile, bitch. And it uh, seems like you already are. Um, and that's the thing. And that's something like, I don't know why I'm unapproachable. And I'm only talking about because I feel like there's a lot of people out there based off what I see in people my age range is that people like no one approaches me. No one seems to want to be. It's like because you give off something that makes you unapproachable. And you may not even realize it. And you may be a really fun person. You may be really funny. But you are limiting what you could potentially, I hate to say, pull in. But you are limiting um, you were limiting type of your social life or your social potential all because of a simple change, all because of a simple, um, understanding of what you actually give off, I should say. And we could say perception doesn't matter, but obviously perception matters in some way. How you dress, it matters. Do you smile? It matters. Do you? Do you have a good posture? Do you walk okay? Do you, do, do you say it with your chest? Um, <laughs> do you, the way you move, you know, do I like the way you move? Are you an outcast? I see what I did there. Um, I nip in the action. Looking for bud. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I think we just, for us that are deemed unapproachable, you just got to be aware of some things. And for those that deem people unapproachable that you actually would want to go up and maybe talk to or at least say hey to. Don't be afraid to go up and say hey. Because you know what? They're probably going to be extra nice. Because they're probably not used to people coming. It's like, oh, oh my God. Someone wants to say hey to me. Someone wants to talk to me. Because it actually doesn't happen often. I think more of this is whatever you think based off what someone looks like, whatever you think they actually are, they're probably not. As fucked up as that sounds, I don't want to make it like, oh, if she looks like a stripper. You know what? She's probably a child to God. 
well, two things can't be true because uh, God made her to, you know, for a lot of guys to drop their children in um, <laughs> while their wife's actually watching their children. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. But hey, this, but hey, look. It, it's just kind of odd. I don't know. It's just kind of odd to me. All right, let's talk about something else than being approachable or unapproachable. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. So, Brett Favre. I, I, was, uh, I was watching some earlier, and they were talking about how Brett Favre said that based off what is considered a concussion now, he has probably had roughly, like based off the science and what they technically consider concussion, he said, oh, I, I've literally probably have had thousands, thousands of them. And it's, I don't want to tell someone that, no, because obviously he lived it. He probably did have a lot of questionable days and haze type of thing. Maybe explain all the interceptions. Um, <laughs> but even with the way he played. First of all, if you have thousands of concussions, you would cognitively be a vegetable. I'm not I'm not I'm not an expert, but there's people that have like three concussions and they're not the same. Now granted, not one size fits all. Some people have a high tolerance for pain. Some people have a natural genetic ability to endure a lot more things, a certain body part. Except the brain, it's pretty unit like it's a very sensitive thing, right? So yes, yeah, someone could get three concussions and another person get ten, and the person that had three concussions could be more fucked up for life than the other, and the other dude could have no problems. But if you had thousands, I don't care who you are, I don't care how much your body is trained, you could be a boxer and you get punched in the face lightly. 20,000 times. Yes, you got punched lightly. Yes, it was sparring. Yes, you just kind of got a little buzz sometimes. But you still got punched in the face 20,000 times. You would you would just not be you would not be a cognitive you would you would literally be able to tell within 5 years that that person was punched in the face 20,000 times. If Brett Favre got thousands of concussions, the dude would probably be dead. Like, honestly. Like, his brain trauma would be next level. Like, he may have been. I don't know. But he's still tall. He seems like a functional human being. I feel like it's the definition of always glorifying. It's a definition of kind of like a, I don't know if definition is the right word, but to me, my interpretation, and I think it kind of goes into Brett Favre's personality in general. When you look at his history, like he is a very dramatic person. The retiring this year, but he's not, and then comes back two days before training camp. Or two days before the season starts, I'm going to play. And then, like, all right, I guess you're playing. Because he knew he had that type of power that he could do that. Oh, I'm going to 
I I want to come back for Pat. Well, actually, we're good now. And then they trade him to the Jets. He didn't really want to play there. Then he had the incident with the reporter where essentially he sent his dick pic to a reporter, which, um, you know, uh, wasn't the only dick he was dropping that year because that was a shitty year. Um, it's weird because the reporter he sent it to, now all of a sudden she's a, um, I think she's either a fitness influencer, does a lot of yoga squats, so maybe uh, Brett Favre put her on, um, or she's actually like an NFL media reporter, like national-wide, and ironically, weirdly enough, that story may have actually brought her more to prominence, if I'm correctly, um, so I don't know in terms of that, but Brett Favre, he's definitely a very impulsive, dramatic type of person. And I feel like he's always someone who kind of fibs. I think fibbing is a correct word. We know you had concussions. Like, we, we saw the moments you're on the field. Yes, yeah, so we weren't there for every practice in college and all those years. But you wouldn't have played in all the games you played in if you had... He literally has the longest NFL streak of starting, unless Eli Manning actually may have broken that. He has the most consecutive starts in the NFL, at like 298, 299, whatever the hell it is. And if you suffered thousands of concussions, you would have missed a few games. Even with the relaxed protocol, because you just wouldn't have been able to functionally be able to form, to throw, to move the play. It's like, to me, it's it's like when someone exaggerates how many bitches they got in their phone. It's like, yeah, technically, if you go on IG, you technically have bitches in your phone. You could... It's it's right there when you scroll. It's definitely bitches in your phone. Um, it's like, but if you were to leak the actual DMs of, it's like, yo, look, I'm I've been DMing this girl. It's like, yeah, you've been DMing her. Her responses really don't say that she's really DMing you much back. That's the part where it's like, oh, well, yeah, technically you got the quantity, but. You're not really being reciprocated in what you're actually saying is happening. I feel like that's kind of like with Brett Favre here. It's like, you've probably been... It's like, we're just going to assume that just because you say that it happened. And like, oh, it makes sense, but it really doesn't. Thousands? I I want you to count to a thousand. Count to a thousand out loud. One by one. And you tell me someone that amount of frequency to the brain in pain. And you tell me how they get to that many quote unquote legal technical concussions. And they're still a functioning human being. That's not a vegetable. You tell me how that makes sense. It just doesn't. Um, yeah. You tell today's not the greatest of episodes, but you know what? No one's made it past this point anyway, so 
Who cares? Uh, I'm an and see, I feel with Brett because you know what? I'm an impulsive guy too. You know, I'm someone I have to feel. I have to feel like doing something to be. I have to really feel like doing something to actually get the most out of it. Sorry, I got distracted by a WNBA story. Never thought that would happen. Um, (laughs) But no, I get it. Like, I'm an impulsive person. I have to, like with this pod, I have to actually feel like doing it. To actually, I have to at least feel like I have a thing or two to talk about that will snowball into other things. I have to make sure I'm hydrated. I know this sounds very specific and weird, but when you're talking for an hour and you're not hydrated, your thought process automatically slows because you're so worried about your mouth being dry and all this shit. Like, I have to I have to be energized. It typically has to be early in the day or early-ish in the day. Typically, I prefer to do it after I've worked out or when I first wake up. It's just kind of how I operate. Right after I drink coffee. Like, I get, like, you have to, I get in terms of impulse, like, if you don't feel like doing it, you have to be able to do it. But at the same time, you can't deny what your body feels. And maybe I'm denying what Brett feels to bring it back to that. Who am I to tell him? How many concussions he's had. Like you know what. Maybe he has. I don't know. Uh, I'll, you know. I'm not going to talk too much about my personal life. But again. Everything I say on here. Is not for self-serving purposes of course. It's to help. It's to be relatable. You know. Since I'm such a high. A high value elite man. No. But you know. I, I will say. Getting back to the social game out here in real life. Um, it's been honestly one of the best decisions I've ever made. And I don't think things like this, you, it can just naturally happen. Like, yes, it can, I guess. But you really have to put yourself out there. You really do. You have to make a concerted effort to put yourself in that realm to even... Be part of this social life. Um, I've truly have never felt as social of a person as I have the past month and a half or two months, three months, four months, essentially. And I had to make that concerted effort. And I think I just want to say that to say that you really do have to make concerted efforts to actually... Um, put yourself out there. It's not, you can't just wait for something or a situation or someone to just ease you. Like you have to be willing to embarrass yourself. You have to be willing to get on that dance floor and not knowing if you can dance, but you have to get on there and you know what? Maybe just maybe you'll find someone who will laugh at you and with you and still dance and 
twerk on it, baby. Twerk. Bust it. Um, <laughs> but you would have never known that if you didn't put yourself back out there. And I, I think, you know, I, I came across a bit, and it's been this heavy topic prevalent where there's so much, quote, unquote, sexless men. And I think the sexless part is just kind of like a byproduct. It's really just a symptom of all the behaviorals that lead to being, quote, unquote, sexless. It's that it's the fear of genuinely being rejected. Not just by women or men, depending on you know, what you're into. Um, it's more of the avoidance. And I think as a guy, the, the one of the least attractive qualities you could have is being afraid. It's being scared. Is being, is trying to avoid discomfort. Because if, if, because like we know as dudes, like to make it and just to have to be able to support yourself and to be something worthy, you have to really do shit you don't want to do a lot of times. You like everyone does, but the expectation for us, we got to understand it's it is different. There's an expectation that we conquer. There's a there's a expectation that we really can do shit and excuse my slowness when i speak today i'm typically much better speaking about this shit but just uh hang in there you get where i'm going with this um i think the fear of failure is a man's biggest downfall and not to be and i I hate when the corny I, i hate the corny stuff although it is true like if you're afraid to fail, you're afraid. You're you're just afraid. You're just a bitch. It's like, yeah, I mean, I guess, technically. Um, I think because the fear of failure now more than ever, it's also it could be broadcasted. Like, there was a story the other day, and I, I came across, I didn't watch or read the whole thing, but essentially it was... Some girl was is suing some guy for t- for going on a bad date with her. Like ten thousand dollars, she was suing this guy because it's like wasting my time. I could have been making money. I could have. Uh, I think one of her legit justifications is she went on a date with this guy, quote unquote, when she could have went on a date with a guy who would have took her to a three-day resort and all this. Like, so you took a date with a guy who's going to take it to Longhorn when you had the absolute ability to go on a three-day resort to some Valhalla Island and you chose the guy who took it to Longhorn? It's like, I trust your judgment. <laughs> it's like, look, I'm not someone. I, I'm not a believer in, you know, choosing someone based off, you know, what they financially provide. But look, if you choose me, and I'm taking you to Chili's and some other guys taking you to a three trip, three day trip to wherever. And we're not like a thing. Like, I, I, it's like after that day, I'm going to be like, something's wrong with you. I can't do this anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't trust your judgment. <laughs> I don't trust your judgment as fucked up as that sounds. Um, but no, seriously, it, it definitely kind of opens your eyes the. Uh, 
the fear of even and as I was talking about approaching earlier, like now there's like videos of people recording themselves being approached or approaching people, which is cringe when you're recording yourself asking someone out and it's like a genuine thing. And then there's like this pressure where like why are you asking me out with a fucking GoPro like eight feet away from your face? Like this just looks weird. You're like ninety percent paying attention to the camera, not the person you're asking out. Like that stuff's always kind of weird to me. But it's like you can't even there's not even a really respectful way that people just like reject someone or you know, let someone down, like, eh, you know, I don't know, I'm just not, it's always got to be this braggadocious, like, nah, I would never fuck with someone, like, I would never go out with someone, he, all this stuff, it's like, it just seems that, yeah, like, it brings a lot, it's like, then day we, it's a risk-reward, like, is it worth it? Is it worth having your name dragged, your face dragged? Well, some people's faces already look dragged, um, is it worth going through all that just because you may want to go on a couple of dates with someone that you find attractive and chances are 98% of the time it's not going to work out? Is it really worth it? Because you got to be realistic. Like I know I, I, I've gravitated to more being realistic with my standards, but still having standards like I think it's I think it's fair to adjust your expectations but still keep your standards. Like adjust your expectations to what's actually happening out there, but you still have standards for what you believe in. And like you're not gonna stoop below those standards, but you have but your expectations of what you expect someone early on, I think has gotta be more reasonable. Basically, slow down. I just want to get to know you. Um, and the problem is people don't want to slow down. They they don't really want to get to know you. They want to do everything that doesn't involve getting to know you. And then when they get to know you, they're like, Ugh, I wish I didn't get to know you. Now I know you in and out. I knew you in before out. Uh, oh, breathe in, breathe out. It's like, I'm trying, but you know, you got my heart beating. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I should probably cut the pod here because this pod is trash. Uh, you know, when you've looked at your phone four or five times during the pod, it's not going that well. My mouth is just really dry. You know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cut this pod now. I'm going to post it because I'm not a believer. Not po- if you record an episode, you post it and you deal with whatever. But I'm going to go give me a pizza. Drown myself in greasy hatred, enjoy myself, and then record later tonight for episode 164. Uh, but yeah, that was episode 163 of the Often Be podcast. Uh, hopefully, I brought you some insight today of something, at least made you think different. Uh, but yeah, blue is the warmest color, even when the tables are very fucking low. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to like, follow, hit the notification bell. Don't forget to suck some titties. And uh, yeah, have a great day, ladies and gents, whoever the fuck listens to this shit. Cause you a bad girl. Oh, like me, baby. I swear I have fucking rhythm.